up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the How Not to Be a Youth Pastor podcast, where your favorite two pastors, youth pastors, former youth pastors, whatever Derek wants to go by these days, we get together and talk about all of the ways that we have learned how not to be a youth pastor. I would like you to address me as Mr. Sir. Mr. Sir. How about Sensei? Ooh, that works too. Yeah? Uh, Master... uh, did, did you? Did you? Oh, wise one. Yeah, that works too. <laughs> did you know that was a, also a hidden movie reference, Mister? I did know that. Okay, good. What's uh, uh, how about I just call you Maverick? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know if I can live up to that title. <laughs> that's um, that would yeah. That's that's a lot. That, that, to that's carry. a lot of pressure. Yeah, I don't know if sure. I feel good about that. Um, <laughs> that's true. Today's episode, so we we mentioned like you know this this whole podcast was basically a sham. Oh, yes, sorry. Um, that too. It, it was born <laughs> out of like we have learned a lot about yeah. how not to do our jobs, mm-hmm. and so today's episode is one that I think a lot of people have been waiting for. Yeah, I mean they've been we, they've been camping out in front of my house for the last few days waiting for this to drop. We there's a uh, Supreme Court justice joke in there somewhere, but I'm gonna let it pass. Um, <laughs> of course there is, <laughs> but we have uh, a lot of experience in uh, some very bad stories, mm-hmm. and so we're gonna share on today's episode some horror stories from youth ministry. We've got you know this episode's coming down like four or five days before Halloween, uh, and so we thought it'd be appropriate to to spook our listeners. Uh, with some horror stories from youth ministry. 100%. Uh, but before we get into that, uh, quick question of the day, because Halloween is great. Derek, uh, what are you planning on dressing up for uh, on Halloween? Well, here's the thing. I, I've been thinking about this a lot. Um, I, I'm going to buy a bunch of Andover clothes. Uh-huh. You know, hats, hoodies, sweatpants. I don't like where this is going. Um, I'm going to have some glasses, and um, I'm going to walk around with my nose up in the air like I'm better than everybody with a big old name tag that says, hello, my name is Kyle Besh. Ah, interesting. <laughs> um, no, I'm just, I'm just kidding. Um, I wish the listeners could have seen your face there because it was uh, it was pretty priceless. Mm. But um, no, in all seriousness, before you even give me give some kind of comeback to that, because I know you have one or ten on hand. I'm closer to uh, to our board here, so maybe I'll just turn your mic down and mute you for a second so that I that, can talk. That's fair. That's uh, fair. No, just I do want to mention. Uh, I'm I'm completely fine with this plan because they do say that imitation is the most sincere form of flattery. But I would Whatever caution, helps you sleep. <laughs> well, I would caution you because you know I Andover is the city that our church is in. St. Mm-hmm. Francis is the city that Derek's church is in, and I believe there is a playoff football team, a playoff football game between those two schools, like two days before Halloween. There sure is. So I would be careful. Uh, which school you razz on two days after? I'm not razzing on the school. I'm razzing you. That that is the the emphasis here. Well, that's fine. I will forever and always rest on the fact that here's the thing. I'm awesome and you're not. Here's a straight up thing. I. I know you don't get even, you get up. And so I just, I really have zero desire to mess with you to any degree because I really don't want, the the juice is not worth the squeeze in terms of me doing something to you. The satisfaction that I would get from that 
is far worse than the fear I would have about what's coming back my way in the future. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, do you so know what, my what are you costume? actually, what okay. are you actually dressing up for? Yes. So my kids are going with the firefighter theme. So nice. Ellis is going to be a fire truck with, he's got like a, it's, it's like a 3d fire truck that he like stands in. And then there's like straps that come over the top. So his legs are kind of like the actual mechanism there. And then he's wearing a fireman hat. And then Parker, our daughter is going to be a Dalmatian naturally. And so Meg and I are going to be um, parents. And so our costume involves wearing fireman hats and watching our kids go get candy. So I like it. Yeah. I like it. It's yep. simple. Um, so I have to actually look up uh, a name because I don't know it. Oh, interesting. So I, my wife is pregnant and you only like the opportunity to incorporate that into yep. a Halloween costume does not come around every year. Least, so commonly what at least not commonly some people right. do. Well, that's <laughs> yes. Like I have a, I work for a senior pastor with seven kids, so maybe it's more common for them, but, uh, we are dressing up. We're, we're going the couple's costume route. Naturally. Uh, we are dressing up as the couple from the Emperor's New Groove. Nice. Uh, Pacha and uh, who I'm learning his wife's name is Chicha. So Pacha nice. and Chicha. And I'm super excited about that. That's perfect. How did you come up with that? Uh, TikTok. Where else? So does that mean I get to be crunk? Because that'd be awesome. Uh, no, you get to be like the squirrel version of Yzma. <laughs> What a great uh, movie. No, it was a cat, not a squirrel, but still. I, I thought she was a squirrel too at one point. No, she's like, when she's at, the the very, at the very end, like, Kronk has that whole, like, squirrel oh, oh, yeah, group, yeah, 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 yeah. but she is still the cat. That's right. Uh, kind of in with what that What a great group. movie. Oh, phenomenal movie. I've got a, a former student, now youth leader, who... Uh, her and I have had quote battles nice. back and forth, like who can quote mm-hmm. the movie the best. And I think we've done it like two or three times. And every single time we get cut off, like one of us has to go do something or yep. like we run out of time. We've never actually finished. Uh, we could probably just sit down and quote the entire movie, you know, word for word. Such a good one. It's it's a very, very good the movie. Cus- the Cusco's Poison is definitely my favorite scene of that entire movie. <laughs> Tell me Cusco's dead. I need to hear those words. <laughs> That's impressive. <laughs> Thank you. You pull a me and Yzma. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, lots of practice. <laughs> lots of practice. I mean, uh, what trying else do you to- do with your time? Uh that's a good question. That's pretty much it, right? Yeah. Uh, it's also just for youth pastors out there. Emperor's New Groove oh, is yeah. a great movie to show yep. Like with your youth students. Uh, if you're doing like a movie night or something because uh, it's like clean. Uh, but it's also, it's fun. You know, you can, like the older kids will still enjoy it. So that's always a win. But anyways, Halloween, great opportunity for... Uh, kids to get candy and you know Derek I'm sure you know that the dad tax is always uh, a huge oh, win as well yeah so you can take as whatever candy you want from your kids and they Let's can't do anything about it the dad tax in the mama household makes the IRS and government look like a bunch of chumps <laughs> let me just tell you that 
<laughs> it is a uh, hefty price to pay. I don't blame you. I don't blame you at all. That's probably what it should be. But here's the thing. I don't want my kids to get cavities. No, right? no, no. It's really for their protection. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. What about your cavities? <laughs> <laughs> I'll figure that out later. <laughs> I've, I've got already, I've got so many that yep. it doesn't matter. Yep. My teeth uh, are bigger so I can naturally withstand more. I love it. Yeah. So, um, we are going to share some, some of our horror stories in youth ministry today. Uh, we do want to, uh, kind of have a disclaimer on this episode as we should there are more Mm -hmm. that we could talk about Mm -hmm. um however the statute of limitations has not yet run out on some of our great stories we still have plenty of of great stories that we're going to talk about here this morning but uh we we have more. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe give it you know a couple years down the road, and we can do another episode where the vault will have unlocked uh, a couple more stories <laughs> with the really good stories. <laughs> right? Yeah, I've got I've got a couple that that I'd say the statute of limitations hasn't run out yet that I wish it had. Yeah, because they'd be great for the for the podcast. Uh, and our goal, you know, let's have some laughs here, youth pastors. If you can learn from our mistakes. Uh, to be fair, do. some of this stuff is not like we made a mistake. Some of it is just stuff that happens. It's just part of the and gig. As a youth pastor, you just kind of got to roll with it sometimes yep. and make the best decision you can in the moment and go from there. Well said, man. Well said. All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna kick it off first. We'll just kind of throw it back and forth, but I will I will start with a story from a convention that our youth ministry used to go to. Uh, it's like a three day, 48 hour thing. And our students stay in hotels. Uh, it's only like an hour and a half away from our church or two hours from our church. So it's not too far away, but our students stay in hotel rooms. Uh, and this is a good, we've never done an episode on this, but one of the, uh, one of the big questions in youth ministry mm-hmm. is always, uh, you know, when you have a group of kids away for an extended period of time, where do the adults sleep? Right. You have some youth ministries that are very firm believers, like the adults need to be in the rooms with the students. You have other youth ministries that are very firm believers that the adults need to not be in the rooms with yep. the students. And my stance is that neither of those is the wrong answer <laughs> until something happens. And then your choice was the wrong answer. Right. You know, like I, like if you don't put adults in the room with the kids, then the kids are unsupervised and they can make really poor choices. Yep. If you do put the adults in the room, then you open up the door to maybe some allegations or even some actual uh, happenings that you don't want to deal with. And so there are goods and bads to both sides, but that's not my point. Uh, we were on this hotel floor and the floor was, it was like an L shaped hallway. Yep. And in the, on the inside corner of the, of the L, there was like a lounge. And, and this is, this lounge was kind of like, you know, some of the longer term residents of the hotel. Uh, there's a really big hospital in that same city. And so they have um, residency students that they contract out to stay in the hotel for an extended period of time. This lounge has like a kitchen and a, and a TV and some couches, just a space for people to, you know, hang out. And so we are kind of chilling in our hotel. We just got back after a long night and we... 
Uh, I, I had stepped into my room just to like for two seconds of peace and quiet. Mm-hmm. I think I needed to charge my phone if I remember correctly. And uh, one of our leaders comes and knocks on our door like frantically and, and opens it up. He was, I guess he was my roommate. So he was in the room with me. So he had a key opens up the door. He's like, Kyle, there's a fire. <laughs> and I was like, for, my first thought was which kid started it. <laughs> Right, <laughs> not is everybody okay? Not where is it? But which kids? yeah, which kid started it? <laughs> and so I, I'm obviously bolting out of my room, and we go down, and there is smoke coming from the inside of this lounge, like coming out from under the door. And so we're like, okay, this is not great. Uh, another, so me, this male leader, and another female leader were all in the hallway, and I think there were probably some kids that you know were poking their heads out of their doors Mm -hmm. and what's going on. And so the female leader was, you know, doing, she was like following protocol to the letter, right? Checking the doorknob Mm -hmm. to see if it was hot and it wasn't. Uh, And so luckily our keys worked in the, in the lounge door. And so we opened the door and what had happened was a very intoxicated med student had gotten some chicken that he was going to make in the kitchen. Yep. He was, he was going to make it on a pan on the stovetop. And so he in said intoxicated med student had cut up the raw chicken, put a ton of oil in a pan, turned it on the burner on high and left. And so what? He, he basically just started a grease fire. Uh, <laughs> in in, I, don't, I don't know what else was in the pan, but basically he started a grease fire in the hotel. We, we got it under control. You know, it wasn't like a raging fire or anything. It was contained to the pan still. But uh, yeah, so we were um, not very happy. The hotel was not very happy with uh, that individual. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's my story of the fire at, uh, at the hotel. I'm just relieved convention. it wasn't your student. Cause that would, that'd be such a host of other problems. Oh yeah. This was uh, to be fair, I believe the next year at the same convention, we had been at the hotel for no more. It couldn't have been more than a half hour. And I got a hotel, I got a call from the hotel manager because some of our boys were throwing starbursts out their ninth story window yep. onto the sidewalk below. Yep. To try to hit people, uh, yeah, that one was less fun. Hundred percent, yeah, especially when they're your students because you are liable for them, right? You when you, <laughs> yep, you when you don't want to be sometimes. All right, I got one. So about two years ago, I'm sitting in my office, life is good, and I get a call from a friend, and this friend says, "Hey, um, I'm thinking about starting a podcast, and uh, do you want do you want to do it?" And I, you know, at the time, I'm kind of like, "Okay, you know, yeah." sounds kind of fun. But the more I got into it, the more I found this person I was doing a podcast with was mean, demeaning, repulsive, always put me down, always cut me off, always. (laughs) Um, No, um, I I just had to try and throw a little jab at you here, Kyle. Um, But it would have been way funnier, but I shouldn't have put that in the show docs because you kind of got a little tease that I was going to, you know, openly insult you in front of the audience that we have. But um, no. Okay. So I have one as well, uh, for real this time though. Well, so just if I can, I do know that, you know, so obviously I am always mean to Derek, Yep. but I, I think right now is a great time to make a promise to you <laughs> that 
<laughs> I, <do. laughs> I am never going to give you up. Never going to let you down. I will never run around and desert you. I will never make you cry. I'm never going to say goodbye. And I will never tell a lie and hurt you. <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I I love that you had to look up the lyrics first. Nobody has that song uh. memorized. <laughs> Come fair. on. That's fair. Most of my mental space has gone to memorizing the entire script for Emperor's the New Emperor's Groove. New Groove. Yeah, that's it's, not, it's not concerned with the song lyrics from the 80s. That's fair. Okay, no, I do have, I do have, in all seriousness, a story relating to you. I don't know if you remember this or not. You might, you might or not. I think we'll I see. do. Okay, so um, this was probably, this was probably legit three years ago, maybe four years ago. And it was speed to light season. So we're doing a bunch of fundraising opportunities for our students to get some extra money to go towards their speed light goals. And so it just so happened that that the church in which Kyle works at was having an event for their volunteers, a volunteer appreciation type of night where they got to just honor and bless their volunteers. And so naturally, when you're trying to bless your volunteers, uh, you really can't have volunteers watching kids. It kind of defeats the purpose. Yep. So you reached out to me and said, Hey, would your students be willing to come in and, you know, watch some of the kids of our volunteers while they went to the night and got appreciated and felt all that good stuff? Yes, we'll definitely do that. So uh, we show up and it's like a two or three hour event. And, um, you know, I just got to say some of the kids that we were watching were, a little intense, you know, in terms of like just the the toll and just the energy. And it was like, it was like, it was good, but it was also like a, a long two or three hours of, of this event. So interject, I, I know you have something to oh, say. I was just going to say, like, I think that most youth pastors would point to the PKs yep. as some of the biggest troublemakers. Yep. I wonder if there's a, like an inverse happening where like the PKs are the worst. And then like, you know, the, the kids of like the volunteers and the people that are heavily involved are next on that list. And like the kids of the heathens are the best behaved, (laughs) you know, like, is that, is there some sort of dueling matrix going on? Well, here's the problem. Like, like if, if you have kids of volunteers, odds are they're here a lot, which means they know their way around this building. Mm -hmm. And so you, here you are, you have us, adults and and you know students walking in who have next to no familiarity with you know what what goes on here and so you know they the kids basically just kind of do what they want and it's at the same time it's kind of like is this okay is this not okay yeah especially because like yeah you're not familiar with the building right yeah exactly yeah. Trouble. So, so it, it was, it was, it was an interesting two or three hours, but at the very end, the very end of this event, like I am just like ready to just go home and just get our kids home and just like call, call it a day. And so here we are, you know, we're, we're wrapping up and, you know, parents are coming to pick up their kids by the, you know, by droves. I mean, there's just like the kids are flying out the door. Parents are in and out. They want to get home themselves with their kids to bed. And so all the dust is settling. We're just kind of letting our guard down and going, ah, okay, we're done. And a parent comes in stressed, like, where's my kid? Where's my kid? Of course. Like, 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 like here's his name. And, and like, where is he? I haven't, I haven't seen him. Um, and I'm like, 
you know, again, we're in a church that there's, there's 30 kids in here. And yep. yes, I know generally what some of their names are. Um, but I was like, uh, he was here not long ago. I saw him here probably 15 minutes ago, but I haven't seen him since. And so, um, you know, it, it kind of, at first, it, it, like all of these situations go at first, it was like, okay, you know, he's probably around here somewhere. But after five minutes of not finding this kid, like panic had started to set in. Right. Of like, where is he? And so like, we have parents going into the parking lot, like yelling this kid's name, like just trying to make sure he he's out there. We can't find him anywhere. And at this point, I'm like, I'm starting to feel the weight of the responsibility of like, I'm the youth pastor here. It was my job and my kid's job to make sure that all of this stuff was here. And so I'm, I'm full on hitting the panic button. Like what in the world is happening? I, I think it's like 10 or 15 minutes for like, this is going on. Uh, and it's it just, it's stressful. It's high strung. And what had happened was um, they ended up finding him and all of the sirens went down and then everything went down. But, um, you know, like it was one of the, not, not literal sirens in terms of cops or anything. We didn't get that far. But what had happened was mom had come and picked up son. Um, and so dad didn't know that. Like mm-hmm. dad had grabbed the other kid in their family. And so he had no idea that the other person had been picked up by mom. And so it was one of those deals where. Come on, parents, you got to communicate with each other. Well, and it was, you know, I, I didn't know they were married. I didn't know that this was their, their kid. And so like, it was one of those things where it was like, oh my gosh. Like, but just that sinking feeling of losing a kid yeah. is like a terrible one. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And, Coincidentally, Derek hasn't been asked to provide childcare for any of our <laughs> events since. That's not true. Uh, I've been asked multiple <laughs> times. I've just declined no, every time. Honestly, what I think, because you bring up a good point, I childcare almost needs to be reciprocal amongst churches because, yeah. like, if you want to have an event where you know you're doing childcare or you're doing a volunteer appreciation, or uh, if you look at you know some other events where you don't necessarily want to pull adults away from what you're doing. You know, like we did a night of worship recently for our adults and it was like, okay, like do we, if, if there's adults we know won't come to the night of worship, yep. do we ask them to do childcare? And I was like, well, that kind of feels like giving up on, you right. know, on yep. their spiritual growth. And so we did like it in those instances, like having relationships with churches in your area where you can ask them to do childcare for your event and then you'll do childcare for their event or something like that is uh, is a big win uh, for sure. Uh, I'm going to go with, I think I've told this one on the podcast before, but uh, when we did a mission team down in Puerto Rico and this was, so I think this was the second year we did it. So that would have put youth pastor Kyle at 22 years old. Um, and we did, we were down there and one of our girls at like 1130 at night, uh, I get a knock on the guy's, you know, room and they're like, Hey, uh, this girl has a, like, she's got something on her forehead. It's swelling up and I am very much rub some dirt on it and call it good. Yep. You know, I was kind of begrudgingly like got out of bed. I was like not asleep yet or anything, but rolled out and walked out, looked at her forehead. And I was like, I don't know. She wasn't even out there. I was just like talking with the other youth leader. And I was like, I don't, I don't know. 
Well, finally, we decided that we should probably take her in. So we get to the Puerto Rico emergency room and they're like giving her fluids and whatnot. Uh, me and the female youth leader and the translator and her went to the hospital and female leader stays with her while she's getting some fluids. Me, Kyle and translator go across the street to get some fast food mm-hmm. at two in the morning. Mm-hmm. We did bring some fries back, uh, or whatever they had requested. Uh, I think that she wanted some fries and then the youth leader wanted like a shake or something. So we did bring them back food. Uh, but being in an emergency room where you do not speak the language, is not the most fun experience. Uh, being in an emergency room with a youth student is not a fun experience. Uh, I've had that privilege multiple times. And so putting those together, I was going to uh, say, yeah, it, not great. And it's got to, it's got to be a different feeling when you know, mom and dad are multiple hours on a plane away. Oh you know? yeah, for sure. Like I think that's a whole nother element of, yep. cause I mean, when a student's in an emergency room, okay, not fun, but when their entire support system and, you know, security is thousands of miles away and you are the person charged with, you know, bridge night gap, that's, <laughs> yep. that's a, uh, that's a tall task for sure. Um, okay, I got another one. So uh, we used to have a um, like a rainbow play set in the, in the back of our our property at church, and so there was a time in which uh, you know on a Wednesday night, you know we have youth group from six thirty to eight, uh, and there was a large group of kids that would show up ahead of time right after school. Uh, you know they would get picked up you know, after school, they would come to the church and hang out in the back and do homework or talk or just hang out and get ready for youth, which was really, really good. Like I really, really enjoyed that time that we had with them um, just to kind of get to spend time with them, develop those relationships, so on and so forth. Uh, But what I had found out is um, there was a couple there, um, that I was really excited about them being there, uh, just because they were both new. And I was like, oh man, this is super cool. I get to, you know, get to develop this relationship and, you know, tell them about Jesus and all this good stuff. But I had found out that, um, in my time of, you know, cause there's, there are some parents who had brought these kids who would come and hang out. And I'm like, cool. Like, I, I mean, you know how it is on Wednesday nights, you got a ton of stuff to prepare. You're, you're running around, you're getting oh, yeah. stuff set, set to go. And so it was kind of this understanding of like, Hey, I'll pop out and kind of be a part of it periodically. But in terms of like being a chaperone and making sure everything is happening ship shape, I can't really be charged with that. I just don't have the availability to do that. But, um, you know, it wasn't a huge deal until I found out um, that this playset had become the makeout spot. Woo woo. Like this was this was the spot where like hey like it's it's up on because it was it was one of those playsets where it's like there's like the little castle area yep. you know before yep. you go down the slide and so there's not a whole lot of visibility there uh, and the big open part of that castle faces a cornfield. So mm, there's yep. zero way to really kind of see what's going, what's going down. And so, yeah, I found out that, um, couples were making out on the play set at the church before youth. So um, it's pretty good. I think the only question worth asking here is whether or not you and your wife ever visited said playset castle. I'm not able to share that. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, uh, <laughs> that 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 place that and is has it tetanus. still there? No. Yeah, there no. you go. Um, that's like the, a that's a wise move. That place that was was on its way out even when this was all happening in terms of just you know infrastructure and yep. the, the, the that whole just thing. like gave you the final. Oh you know, yeah, re- reasoning to take it down. It was one of those things where I'm like, we got to get rid of this sucker right now. Yeah, that's perfect. Uh, so I'll take you. I'll take your couples making out in the playset and raise you. Uh, on a Wednesday night, we busted two teenage boys uh, in the girls' bathroom. Oh, good. Uh, there were yeah, two teenage boys and a teenage girl all in the same stall in a in the girls' bathroom. <laughs> uh, not like. All clothes were on. Yeah. Like I don't, I genuinely don't think there was like a ton of shenanigans going on, but what are you doing? Like, did you, first of all, what made you think that was a good idea? Second of all, I'm guessing there wasn't a whole lot of thinking. Probably not. No. no. Um, like the person that ratted them out was like an elementary girl. Like she was in the bathroom and like noticed this and went out and told her parent, like there's boys in the girl's room. And and so, yeah, that was, that was not great. Stick to your own bathrooms. People come on. Isn't it just fun when, when youth use their brain? Yeah. Or it's rare, but (laughs) it does happen. And on it, I don't know if any other youth pastors can relate to this. Probably all of them. Probably all of them. But our students, especially our girls, like they just go and hang out in the bathroom. Yep. And I, I couldn't, I proudly could not tell you how many stalls are in our girls' bathrooms here at the church. Oh, well, I'm, very, I'm very proud of the fact that I don't know that off the top of my head. While we are talking about ladies' restroom, here's another youth horror story. We had to start. Okay. So we want, you never, whenever you walk into a nice bathroom in like a nice restaurant, you know, like it's, yep. it's always kind of like, wow, this is nice. You know, they got, yep. they got mints, they got deodorant, they got, you know, like if they're, it's a really nice restaurant, like one of those like floss pickers where like they, yeah. get, you know, yeah. like the, it, it, it just makes you feel like seen and appreciated. Like, oh, this is nice. So naturally we have tried to adopt that into our church. And so my wife went, you know, to the nth degree to get mints and like she even got like, like those tide sticks where if you got like sure. a stain or something, yeah. like all this good stuff. Good idea. So like, yeah. And but we, what was a problem was we were finding out on Wednesday nights at some point, we're not sure which group of girls did it, but they went in there and took some feminine hygiene products, Yep, got them wet yep, and stuck them to the ceiling. Obviously. Because Why wouldn't you do that? I, of course, naturally. And so we had to start taking the tampons out of the bathrooms on Wednesday nights to negate that. Yep. I will never understand the female urge to congregate in the bathroom. No. Uh, I do understand that there is some aspect of safety to it in some settings. In some settings. Yeah. The church should not be one of them (laughs) where that is necessary. Right. Right. And like girls listening to the podcast, if you do this, have you ever stopped to think that someone else that comes in might not want y'all to listen to them pee or worse or worse. (laughs) True. (laughs) Like what, what are other people supposed to do 
if there's like this group of three or four teenage girls just talking in the bathroom, uh, I, and you know, every youth pastor has been given the excuse. Oh, like we never get to talk to each other. And so like Wednesday nights is our only time to talk to each other. Come early or stay late. Yeah. Like during the service is not the oh. time for y'all to all get up at once and go to the bathroom together. Uh, there, there was, there was a point in time when I, after we were done, like with worship or game or whatever, what have you, we never go to the message. I said, Hey, you got three minutes. Everybody go pee right now. Like, like elementary school, because like, (laughs) I I, I straight up told them, um, you will not be going to the bathroom. Like Mm. short of you having some diarrhea, like emergency, like it's not happening. So that's a great tactic. And probably a better tactic than mine. I just guilt trip them with God. Oh, good. Uh, like you know, Satan be Satan can absolutely like use your bladder to distract you from what God right. wants in your life. Yeah, and you know, you like God is really trying to speak to you, and you missed it because you were in the bathroom. Well, that is a slap <laughs> in the face. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Uh, what else we got here? I'll, I'll say real quick. Uh, I had a youth student that was missing for about 48 hours. That was not fun. Um, I got 48 hours, about 48 hours. Yeah. I got a call from mom, uh, who I did not know super well. Um, let me rephrase that. I don't think I had ever talked to mom before at all. Uh, and so like, this is the wrong thing to take away from this, but I was kind of like honored that mom thought to call me. Uh, but so yeah, I got a call from mom like, Hey, so-and-so is missing and we don't know where she is. And I, I, I was like, I, I don't know where she is, but I'll be praying and I'll see what I can do. And I ended up like successfully, like I messaged her on Instagram, just like a, like a more in it, like not like, Hey, where are you? Your parents are worried, but it was like, you know, Hey, what's up? Like it was, I don't know if I asked a question that was yeah. completely unrelated or what, right. but I got her to respond. Wow. And I was like, okay, well we know she's alive or at least someone is alive and using her phone. Yep. Uh, and like had a little bit of an exchange back and forth and, Um, I don't know that it was super instrumental in getting her to come home, but I was able to let mom know like, Hey, I got her to respond on Instagram. Like that's at least a little bit of a win here. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, yeah, it was, but it was, it was not a fun experience to, to be going through. That's for sure. Oh, yikes. Yikes. All right. I'm going to throw two in here because they're, they're kind of along the same vein. Um, uh, they're but, the same vein of each other or they're the same vein as the missing student? Uh, no, of, of each other. Sorry. Definitely. This is a, a totally different than a missing student. Um, okay. But they both involve my wife, which is super, super fun. So one of them was, um, I was happening, I was, I was Snapchatting before I wised up and noticed Snapchat. It's not a good idea for youth ministry. True. Um, and so I was using Snapchat to communicate with some of our student leaders and like was just kind of messaging them back and forth about random things. Um, and so then I went for a run and it was, it was like in the summer. So like, um, like I got home, took my shirt off, like was just like trying to cool down, stretch out that type of thing. And so, um, my wife had snapped me something random. So I had like taken a picture of, um, first of all, I hope that came through. I really, I literally have both my phones on silent. 
I don't know how that happened, but ESPN really wanted to get a hold of Derek right there. Do you want to share the uh, notification with us? Uh, yeah, let's see. Um, no, I don't. It's nothing important. Oh, well, um, which is lame. really, really important or disappointing. Anyways, sorry. So here I am taking a picture of myself shirtless. <laughs> For your wife. <laughs> For my wife. Um, not like a, hey, look, like I'm shirtless, but like in a sense of like, I just was straight up just snapping her back after getting it done with a run. Yeah. And I had, I had, um, uh, <laughs> I had taken it and was in the process of sending it. And just before my thumb hits the send button, I realized this is going to one of my female student yep, leaders. There it is. And I was like, Oh no. <laughs> and, and so I, I had saved it quickly, you know, like I, I, before I had mm-hmm. hit send, I had been, Oh crap, which could have been really bad. But one thing that did happen, I think I've shared this on the podcast before too, but if you're listening for the first time, um, this is about a, first a, of all, if you're listening for the first time, hello, welcome. welcome. We'd we're, love, we'd love to have you here. Yeah. It's where we hope you feel welcomed and cherished and all the things kind of like, don't cherished. Like each, each other feel for interesting. Each other. So here I am, truck, two, you know, junior high boy students back in my truck, leaving a mission trip training. I had my phone plugged into my truck, my Apple CarPlay, so all of my text messages come up on my display screen. And my wife had texted me at the time. (laughs) My contact for my wife was sexy lady in my phone. And so when my teenage young students saw that, sexy lady had messaged me. Um, they were beside themselves. Yep. Got a little giggly. Yep. Probably. Yep. That's a classic. Um, so I had a, uh, a girl going from fifth grade to sixth grade, uh, because that's what kids do after fifth grade. Every once in a while. Uh, (laughs) most of them, (laughs) some of them go back to fifth grade. Uh, but we had, so she had two older siblings that were a part of our youth ministry and she's the the third, the youngest. And she felt that it was necessary the the summer before she entered our youth ministry, she felt that the best way for her to prepare to be in our youth ministry was to watch through the entire series of the office. I mean, I think that's appropriate for sure. I have never felt so ashamed and yet so proud as a youth pastor than when I heard that. Um, Why shame? (laughs) Well, there are probably some episodes that a sixth grader shouldn't be watching as as in sixth grade. Yeah. But that's also, I mean, I'm going to pass a little bit of the blame on to parents like, she had to have watched it on some platform mm-hmm. she had access to. Right. Um, but no, it's, uh, and, and I mean, like I've used plenty of office clips in sermons and I think my favorite one is, um, and I don't, I did not, this was not a sermon that I gave, but I think it was in college or I don't know where I heard it, but somebody was preaching on purity oh, and boy. they used the clip from the office where, they have a box delivered to them from like their company just got bought out and their new corporate uh, overseer company, whatever uh, they, their new parent company. There you go. They sent them like a new box of, there was like a printer and a scanner and like just some other new office equipment in it. And they, uh, they got the box and they opened it, like tore the box open, took all the stuff out, started using it and messing around with it. Like, Oh, this is all really new and interesting. 
And then they saw a note in the box that was like, you know, like do not open hold until Gabe arrives, who was like their corporate liaison. Yep. And so then they're trying to figure out the Tetris of how did all this stuff go back into the box and they had ripped it open like very savagely, like they tore the box in half almost. And they kind of used that as an analogy of sexual purity (laughs) and waiting until marriage. And I was like, okay, that's a really extreme analogy to use, but I see where you're going with this. It was like, I like it. You know, the office can absolutely have some practical youth ministry uh, applications. Yeah, that's fair. (laughs) I'm going to do an overarching umbrella here for my next horror story um, of just van problems. Sure. Because there are a lot of them. We'll share the two most noteworthy ones. Um, one, we were actually on the way back from this same convention that you had mentioned with the fire. Probably not the same year, but same convention. And uh, we had had a large group of students going, and so we needed a 15-passenger van. And so we borrowed one from another church, but this van was just tired. I mean, it was just old. It was worn down. So, you know, all weekend long, like there is like, it, it's like, like doing the thing with the vehicle when it's like, wow, like, like it's in, like, it almost feels like it's in and out, oh, in yeah. and out, in and out. And so we get, um, to actually Hanson Boulevard, um, you know, not far from where we are now. Uh, so about 15, 20 minutes from our church, we come to a stoplight and the van quits. Like it stalls. We are in a turn lane. We're the first car in the turn lane and the whole van just completely, completely dies. Um, and so like, I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. So I turn off the ignition, throw it in park, try to start it. Can't get it to work. Uh, legit. I'm like, Jesus, just please let this thing go. And so with that, like I turn the key one more time. And so like, I, I actually almost, uh, ran the light just because I didn't want it to die again. <laughs> I went through the red turn light uh, just because I needed to keep the van going, and uh, yeah, it was a it was a massive, massive problem. And then uh, this was last summer, but um, so with with last summer we were going to camp and we were borrowing a bus um, for our our kids to go on. And long story short. Uh, all the kids show up and the van or the, the bus doesn't start. Uh, we end up being like an hour and a half late because we had to call an industrial size van, like truck, um, like, or I'm sorry, a bus truck to come and like jumpstart our bus just to get it going. It was a whole fiasco. And so here we are a week later, we get back from camp, life is good. And we have another youth event, like right away, the, the Valley fair day with all the other youth groups in the state. So we have like 40 kids for this thing. And so I've got three 15 passenger vans. I've got youth leaders on standby, like driving, like all is good. And so, you know, we, we kind of give the whole rundown, the whole safety spiel, like don't go by yourself. Don't, you know, do anything dumb, like the whole thing. So, all right, let's get to the vans. And so I'm with one of my core students and, uh, I told him, I was like, all right, dude, we, I got good news and bad news. He goes, all right, what's the bad news? I said, uh, it's got no air conditioning. It was an August day. Okay. Not great. He goes, what's the good news? I said, it starts. And then I started laughing <laughs> with that. I get to the van 
and it does not start. Jinxed it. It doesn't start. Like, like, and I had the thing is, I had just drove it from the church I was borrowing it from that morning. Yeah. So I drove it from the church. I parked it. I turned the ignition off, and twenty minutes later, the thing doesn't start. It was like the most unfortunate. Like you've got to be kidding me. Moments transportation wise, I've had as a youth pastor. Do you want to know which church van did start for you though? Yours. Ours. Your, yours. Absolutely. Is, yours is the best brand I've ever had, and, oh, but I can't use it sure. anymore because I, I overused it. <laughs> is that how that works? Uh, I do. Um, I, I have been pulled over twice uh, in the church van with youth students in it. Tickets? Uh, nope. No tickets. Uh, one for speeding, which I blame a little bit one of my youth students because the road I was driving on, his uncle lives on that road and he knew I was speeding and he didn't say anything. So that's on him. Uh, and then the other one Naturally. was uh, really late at night. We had just bought the youth van or the church van. And, uh, I did not know that the lights were not on. And so I was driving at night without the lights, like the taillights weren't on. And, uh, the cop was like, Hey, you got to turn those on. And I was like, Oh, that's true. Probably should. But <laughs> that was funny. Cause I it was like, you know, me and 11 middle schoolers. And so the cop pulls us over and I, you know, he comes up to the window and we're talking and then he goes back to his vehicle as you know, is standard. And I just hear quietly from the back of the van, one of our middle schoolers, wouldn't it be funny if we were all duct taped back here? Oh, no, 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 it would not be funny. Uh, So yeah, that was, I mean, it's funny now that he said it, but in the moment, no, that absolutely would not have been funny. Um, Let's see. I did have a uh, incident, uh, another mission trip one here. When we were down in Panama, we had a hotel that we were staying at and we had, uh, we had a, it, it was, it was made not that it was not like the Ritz Carlton. Let's just say that. Uh, and so I'd be concerned if it was, that's fair. That is a good point. You know, your, your accommodations. I mean, the fact that we were in a hotel, like that was probably oh, yeah. one of the it's nicer places I've yeah. ever stayed on a mission trip. But, uh, one of our students got stuck in the elevator for about 15 minutes. Oh no. Uh, so that was, and you know, he's like trying to figure out like what to yell in Spanish so that someone knows what's going on. Could he, could could he like hear or like, did you have to call him or like what was, well, so the problem was, uh, I was currently showing some youth students a video on my phone and he texted me a couple times. But the notification didn't pop up on my because phone because I was watching a video. And so 15, like it was a longer video, 15 minutes later, I finally see his text and go bolting toward the, I'm like, oh my gosh. So I go like down to the front desk or to, like, we finally got him out, got it figured out. But yeah, it was, uh, in the world, it was fun. That was, that was a good one. Yikes. Ayudame, man. That's all you got to know. Yeah, Ayudame. there you go. Help me. <laughs> All right, I got one more. Um, Elevator s no working. Yeah, that, that's, that's that's my spot on. that's like fifty percent of my Spanish right there. By adding s and l to English words and and like an o or an oh, a yeah. at the Naturally. end of all of your nouns. Yep, yeah, that's fair. All right, I got one more. It's not inherently youth related, but it was a horse story nonetheless. Um, there was a moment in which uh, at our church Sunday morning. We have an incident with somebody. I'm not going to get into the specifics of this incident, uh, but regardless, 
the police had to be called to to come and handle this. So it is 10.15. We have service at 10.30. A bulk of our people are showing up for service, and there is a squad car with its lights on oh, yeah. parked right in front of the sidewalk where everybody has to go in. So literally people had to walk around the cop car to get into church. And so it's like, this is not ideal timing, you know? Cause like, um, yeah. I, and we had, we had, the thing is we had a baby dedication that day. So we had people visiting like family members to come and support the baby dedication. And so we had a bunch of new guests, bunch of first time people. <laughs> there is a squad car parked in front of our sidewalk. It was not an ideal situation. Yeah. That's uh that's not, ide- it could be kind of an outreach thing. Like, are there any people that see the cop car and like they go there to see what's going on? Smart. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe we have um, two cop cars parked in front of our driveway next Sunday. Yeah. Just see if more people are drawn to, to church that Sunday. Uh, related thing, on a Sunday morning uh, at our church, we had a... So we had a fire alarm go off and we figured out that it was a kid in the kids ministry, uh, one of the rooms that pulled it. Now... First of all, this was like, I think it was in between our two services. So it wasn't like during the church service, which is good. Uh, But (laughs) two things greatly concerned me about that incident. One, who put a pull alarm in the kids ministry wing? Like that's a terrible idea. Or at least at a height in which a small kid can reach it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. That So that was bad. Uh, I did not, the, and you know, okay, there's probably laws I don't know about, whatever. That was not a great thing. What concerned me even more was the reaction from our church. <laughs> Nobody went outside. <laughs> Nobody had any urgency. People are grabbing donuts. They're putting their kids into the kids' ministry. Like, nobody no left. And and I believe that this is not specific to our church. Like, I think most Americans, when they hear a fire alarm, assume it's a drill, yep. which is probably not a good thing. No. Like, this stems from all of our childhoods when we had, like, five fire drills a year yep. in elementary school. At the uh, worst times, by the way. True. It like, was, hey, let's do let's do a fire drill in like December. January second yeah. when it's freezing cold exactly. outside. Yeah, that that was never ideal for sure. Um, but yeah, like why we we just assume that a fire alarm is a false alarm or it's a drill or whatever, and we just go about our day. I was like, this is. I feel like there's a bigger cultural problem here that yep. needs to be addressed. Oh yeah, hundred uh, percent. Yeah, that's no good. Um, okay, I have time for just one more here, and this is this is this is just a great one. Uh, so I had two youth students uh, in our youth ministry that were dating each other, and it always a good idea. It was a unique situation from the start because this female youth student. And her best friend. All right, they were they were best friends for a long time, and then female student starts dating her best friend's cousin, and that created kind of an awkward, uh, 
you know, situation. I think that like, had they maybe talked about it ahead of time, that would have helped. But like, you know, they just started dating and then friend found out later, if I remember correctly. But like most high school relationships, they had like, it was not all fine and dandy. Like they had some arguments here and there. And there was a point where I was asked to mediate a conversation between two feuding youth student dating couple. And I believe at least one mom was present. I don't remember. I don't think both of them were, but like, which is even weirder. Like, you know, one student had their mom there and not the other one. That's a weird thing. Yeah. But uh, yeah, like I was like mediating these students as they work out couples therapy as high schoolers. And <laughs> I I had a hard time not just saying like, hey, uh, break up. Yeah. Um, you know, one thing that would solve this is break up. And I think my recommendation would be break up. Uh, I don't think I did that, but I did in my head. It, it was so bizarre to be sitting there trying to mediate this conversation. Yep. yep. It was, yeah, it was uncomfortable. That's for sure. There's a... Usually when you have dating within the context of your youth ministry, this is not a hard and fast rule inherently, but more often than not, it just ends messy. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's, it's not great. Like it, which sucks because like, it's one of those things like what I've found is a lot of times you have these kids who are really connecting with each other, with God, like really growing. Um, but they're there because they're dating someone else. Yet when the, when the breakup happens, it's just too awkward to be in the same room. And one of them leaves the youth ministry or both, Yeah, you know, cause yep. I think the other one's going to be there. And so then, yeah, it's just, it's not. Yeah. That's uh that's heartbreaking. I've seen that as well. Uh, happen a couple times and, uh, it never sits well. Cause you're like, no. really like one, this could have been avoided Yep. Two, You could still probably be in the same room with each other. Yep. If, if you treated this, like you were not six years old. Yep. And it's, yeah, it's frustrating. That's for sure. Um, I hope our listeners are scared now. Uh, I mean, that's the goal, right? (laughs) If they're not like scared to go outside, at least they're scared to go into youth ministry. Which again, we're looking, that's, that's what we're going for. We're trying to dissuade people from going into ministry. Hey, if if we can, if we can use this podcast to scare away the people that aren't called to youth ministry so that the, all of the youth pastors are actually called to it. I, I see that as a net win yeah, for the podcast. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. That uh, that just about does it for today's episode. We appreciate you guys uh, listening. If you guys have any horror stories of youth ministry, or if you are in one of our ministries and we forgot one, please give us an email and we'll uh, throw it on a future episode. Uh, you can find us at, or reach us at how not to be a youth pastor at gmail.com. Uh, we'd love to hear from you guys. Thank you so much for uh, checking out the podcast today. And on behalf of Derek, I think it's time that I go finish sewing my Halloween costume. Goodbye. Goodbye.